What's up, movie fans and Netflix bingers? This is the Bros Who Binge podcast. My name is Adam Schubert, and as always, I'm joined by Lyndon Burton. Lyndon, it's a good time to be watching movies in the troubling times we live in. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. Can't complain, you know, just at my house, but I've been... I've been pl- I've been playing more video games, watching more manga. Like I got my consistent TV shows and movies, which we'll get into a little later in the show. But doing real well because I gotta say, big week for the network. Let me plug something real quick, Shuby. Look, tomorrow, ladies and gents, you're hearing this on a Monday. If you are an anime fan, or if you are a fan of DC Comics, I got something special for you. We have Mr. Richard Epcar on the next episode of Anime Talk that'll be out on Tuesday. He is the voice of, if you've watched the uh, Batman Animal Instincts uh, series, he's the voice of Commissioner Gordon in that. If you've played Injustice 1, 2, uh, uh, the new Mortal Kombat, he's the voice of the Joker. Also in the anime world, he's the voice of Batu from Ghost in the Shell, the voice of Jigen from Lupin the Third, and the voice of Joe, uh, Joseph Joestar in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. This interview is, is going to be such a good one. You guys are in for a treat. Check it out on Tuesday. But other than that, I'm doing great, man. Dang, those are some hits. Mm-hmm. Big nah. This is, a, this is in, in terms of the anime yeah. world, this is huge. Yeah, man. Like Those are like some big time, like old school, everyone says are some of their favorite animes. Like, it's funny, the connection. Like You mentioned the stuff he was in before, and then it's like you mentioned like three of the big, big animes that people talk about. <laughs> and that's the thing, bro. It's like... This dude has classic. So Lupin the Third, straight classic. He's Jigen, Lupin's right hand man. Then you go to Ghost in the Shell. He's he's Major's right hand man in Batu, and then he gets his own like Major sh- series by doing Joseph Joestar, and then his jo- old man Joseph Joestar and JoJo's Bizarre Adventures. That's some new era shit. But then if you remember classic Toonami, I didn't even say this. He's Boba Bo 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 Bo. Like if you Boba, remember, Boba, Boba, Bo. yes, I do remember Boba, 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 Boba. <laughs> it's that guy. He is the. He is him. He's Boba, Bo. No way. Yeah, bro. So she, and then he's the freaking. He's the freaking Joker. So like, like it's 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 great. Like one one of these days we're gonna have to rank our favorite Jokers because if you throw all the voice actors in there, like it's like look, bro. I'm just being honest. Jared Leto might not. Jared Leto and Jack Nicholson both might not make like the list if we're doing top five. Now, if we're doing ten, Jack will make the list. But shit, these guys like Mark Hamill, Richard Epcar. Jared uh, Leto wasn't even good enough to be in a Harley Quinn movie. Facts, bro. They had to do a fucking uh, a freaking stunt double with some replacement. Like Jesus, and then they didn't even release that photo. You're so right. But uh, no. And then let me tell you what kind of grind my gears this week. And I'm and I'm not. People are gonna say I'm hating, but there was like a Birds of Prey watch party where like the director, everybody was talking. I wasn't really feeling that because like, bro, y'all can celebrate that movie, but that movie, like, yeah, it was it was entertaining and it was a very fun movie, but that movie has some major problems in my book. Well, the thing is, is we at, with the DC universe is we have to keep the connectivity idea of it all out of it. You know, this Batman's gonna be a totally different beast. So like, anything that's going on in this is just a fun story that Margot Robbie and friends want to tell. But the thing is, she's in Suicide Squad, and and I know for a well, fact. I don't James know if that Gunn, Suicide Squad is connecting. But I. But, but it no, can also be time differences too. I know for a fact that Suicide Squad is gonna have connections with Matt Reeves, and to top it off, that Suicide Squad is gonna have c- connections 
to uh to start off the show, I'll do a little rumor. That can that Suicide Squad apparently Flash makes a cameo in it for Boomer. Really? Yeah. So he's out here what, making cameos everywhere. I know. Let's make Ezra, a movie. Ezra Miller's ass, bro. He's he's he is pushing that like, no, I am the Flash of these movies. Y'all are not getting anybody else. <laughs> he's like he's like uh stamping his claim everywhere. He's like, it's me. Exactly. But, you know, you know what would be the craziest shit in like this is just us talking before we get into this the shits, but if they let Ezra do the first movie, Flashpoint it, and then like somehow let Ezra meet Wally at the end of it, and then by movie three, Barry Allen is dead. And before we get to the Justice League, we get Wally West as like the new, the new Warner Brothers Flash. Like Ezra will get like a like movie one and two. By the end of movie two, he's gone. Wally takes over. Wouldn't that be crazy as hell? It would be crazy. I mean, I feel like what this new era, this new decade of superheroes needs is the new generation like we need to be if we're gonna like reboot things like we've said before with green lantern like it's got to be kyle rainer john stewart see i'm not even saying kyle i'm saying it has to be john but but i I mean you get the idea of what i'm saying like yeah no more barry allen's no more uh a a post on twitter was going viral the other day and it was and people were like oh this is my flash this is my flash and everybody was commenting barry barry and for those who don't know, Justice League Unlimited's Flash is Wally West. Like, yeah. 150, and, like, people were commenting, like, no, it's Wally, it's Wally. Like, Wally is the Flash that everyone loves. Like, I know Barry, like, has his fans due to, like, the Flash TV series and everything, but Wally West is the Flash. And, like, I'm just saying, if by the time we get the new Justice League with Pattinson, I wouldn't be opposed to having a new actor as Wally West. You can keep Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman. You can do whatever you're going to do with that. Well, that's the thing with, like, the essentials. Like, you can keep the essentials, but, like, things like Green Lantern, Flash, um, you know. I also think that it would be a good time, even though with the whole Batman thing, it's weird, but I think now would be a good time if they want to do an offshoot Nightwing stuff, but we could do that on TV. Um, Like, with the Titan stuff we have going on. Um, And that's the thing. Like, that shit's not even... That shit's... no. That's like a whole other Earth. Like, we might have multiverse shit, but that's like... And see, with the Batman thing, see, I think Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman, when we get him, have to be in there. Because, like, we're, we're redoing this. They got to be there. But I'm with you with Green Lantern Flash. Uh, if you don't put Cyborg in, give us Martian Manhunter, please. And yeah. and I wouldn't be opposed to seeing Dinah Lance, Black Canary, because I did like her in, in Birds of Prey. And get her a green, get green arrow and throw them in the league. Like we could, we could do some mix and mashing. I'm cool with that. I, I'm, I'm also okay if Jason Momoa doesn't come back. I think we have. I think there's a potential that we could really have a good Canary Green Lantern movie with the Canary we have. Yeah, no 100 because I love uh, Journey Smollett Bell in there. Yeah, so I mean, I, I think that if they found someone that really wanted to do Oliver Queen, you could do a really awesome Oliver Queen. Bird era movie. Yeah, you definitely could. That would and like like we've already it, seen that Oliver Queen could work on TV, but like imagine if you put like the cinematic stuff behind but, it, you made yeah. that. But do it like take Ant Man and the Wasp, but give us Green Arrow and Black Canary. Yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, I think that that would be a good push for the new age. Yeah, one hundred percent. But should be man, I'm, enough of me just spitballing shit to you just in my DC thing because you know we're not getting any news right now, but we do. Have a lot of stories, a big show planned. Look, last week, if you didn't check out the top 10 Cartoon Network cartoons, 
Check it out. But this week we're doing top 10 Nickelodeon cartoons. And Shubert, I just got to say it. I'm just being honest with myself before we even get to this list. When I made this list, I had to be honest. Not saying I wasn't honest with any other list we've done on this show, but this list in particular, I couldn't lie to myself. If we don't have the same number one, there's going to be problems, but we'll get to it. Oh, no, we, yeah, no, bro. Like, Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon, we definitely have the same number ones. The thing is, next week with Disney, I don't know if we're going to have the same number ones. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, that's just going to be a whole different, like, what are you talking about? Yeah, no, like, exactly. are we talking about just stuff on Disney Channel or like nah, the two going, Disney stuff? Or we're like... everything, brother, because I'm I'm putting my my boys in there. Dang, like Weekenders and Fillmore are making the list. Well, yeah, oh, ooh. both of them, <laughs> both. Yeah, we gonna get to that next week, but yeah, this this Nickelodeon thing was tough. But Shuby, whenever you're ready, we can get started. All right, yeah, I'm ready to go. So let's get started. There's some big news I want to get into. So I want to talk about this new picture that's on Dave Filoni's Twitter because it's like the Mandalorian art and it looks like Ahsoka and Rex. This is crazy. Riding Lothwolves. I didn't know this was like I didn't when you showed me this today. This this was my first time seeing it. It went under my radar. So this is this is huge, man. If Rex is in season two of Mando, like Jesus, what are we like? Mandalorian, best live action stuff we've had since the original trilogy. I mean, people are all the pe- all the hates coming out, but we have a really great casting for Ahsoka. I mean, people are going to be like whatever about Ahsoka, but I think you know she is she's a part of this Star Wars storytelling that goes apart from the movies. It's almost like one a small little connection, and it's fine to have that sort of thing. It's Filoni's stamp. Like I don't Fact. understand like why it's that's a such a bad call. thing. Like. He's telling a certain per- a character story, a character that he created, like that he has the ju- he has the justice to do that. So I'm excited to see her come into it. I think having her and Rex would be important to what's going on here because it makes the most sense. Like, who is your non movie character that you can go to about Jedi stuff? It's got to be Ahsoka the White, which I think th- the whole stuff that they're trying like the Filoni's influences. It's like you. Imagine his whole mind. Like, with the Loath Wolves, I think of him as just, like, a kid who used to wear, like, wolf shirts and be like, yeah, I love wolves, you know? And then, <laughs> like, uh, with, uh, with with what he's trying to do with the Mandalorian, I feel like it's just every little, like, toy that you ever play with. And, like, now he gets he's using his ultimate toy, his Ahsoka, the character he's created, and putting it into the show. And, Bro, look, I mean, let me I just think- say this. If I, or let's say, like, if BWT, me and you, made our, like, from our writing, one of our characters got put in DC, and they were like, oh, yeah, you guys can start writing TV. Bro, if you don't think I'm going to put my character with, like, in the TV show I get to create, you're fucking out your mind. So, like, I'm not, there's no way I'm upset at Dave Filoni for that. No way. But, I mean, I think that this is going to be really crucial to this season, like, Rosario Dawson and whoever they get to play Rex, I, I think that this could either be like spinoff caliber stuff, but I mean, I think this is going to be a big part. Yeah, no, this is going to be huge, man. This sets the template for this season, and like now the Mando has a squad. He has a Jedi, he has a former clan, uh, clone trooper to help with this little baby, and then you got uh, your girl. Uh, I don't know if she's coming back. Who? That's they said confirmed. she's coming back. Gina Carano? I don't think she's going to be the back the whole season. She's going to be back for some of it. Maybe. 
we'll see. But shout out to Dave Filoni. This is gonna be this is gonna be huge, man. Hopefully, uh, but my my thing that I said I just said to you jokingly before we started the show was like, isn't Rex supposed to be dead? But you see, you no, correct. Man. You said nah. No, because he was in Return of the Jedi. What else, bro? Rex ass is old, bro. <laughs> like Rex is super super old. I don't know how long them clone genes are gonna last, but he, he, he I I would not be upset if we saw Re- Rex death in season two of Mando. Uh, no, I think that would be a good way to do it, too. I think it would be the best way for the audiences to see it on screen. And then, like, if people like that that old guy, then they can go back and watch his journey. Sure. Yeah, yeah maybe so- maybe in a different sort of way. I don't know what they would do. Oh, you mean, like, watch like, Journey? Like, well, yeah, the like, Clone Wars, Wars oh, okay, Rebels. Yeah, yeah. yeah, catch up on his, like, story. Yeah, we'll get we'll talk about Clone Wars. I'm going to make Lyndon watch, watch it all when I decide to watch it all. Once it uh, ends, the, I'll watch it. Like it's not over yet. No, it's not over yet. The second arc's about to end. Yeah, fast. And this fast. is into Soak arc. Ooh, okay, okay, cool. Yeah, big time Soak arc. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited about all this stuff, man. Super excited. Mando, they finished it, so we know it's coming. Real well. Hey, let's get it. Something else that's finished. Uh, the um the Umbrella Academy staff said that don't worry, season two will hit Netflix. It's on. It's uh remains on track. For its unrevealed premiere date, showrunner Steve Blackman used Instagram to keep fans up to date. She's confirming that post-production is continuing as planned. He's doing the sound right now. So Umbrella Academy Season 2 is coming. Hopefully it comes in the summer. Because, like, like, man, we need, we need we, it. Yeah, we need it. Like, I need the boys in Umbrella Academy to come out before fall. I'm tired of everything coming out in fall. I need I need those two shows to get me through this. Fall's going to be crowded, man. Like, if... If all the sports come back in the fall, we're going to be watching, like, I had a, ca- I had a caller on my radio station, and I wasn't even thinking about this, but, like, could you imagine if sports all decided to come back in July? And so you would have the NBA, basketball, um, tennis, and golf trying to make up major events. Like, it would be a total cluster. And yeah. then we'd be trying to watch movies, too. I, I mean, I don't know. I, <laughs> I think some of the, the TV shows fall to the wayside. But, like, those two shows would not, but, like... And Falcon Winter Soldier would not, but there's some that definitely would that are that are going to be great coming out this year. But I need the boys in Umbrella Academy ASAP. And speaking of a show that we're excited for, I don't know when they're going to start filming, like because they're they're planning. They said they were looking to go March 30th, but I don't know if that's happening with Corona. So we're gonna see. But look, this is a rumor. Apparently, I got courtesy of Daniel RPK. Shout out to our guy. We got a lot of stuff from him this week. Uh. Titan season three is looking to cast someone by the name of Daniel. This is just the coded message. I'm going to describe the character for you to guess who it is. We're going to all guess. The character is a male, 16 to 17, at oldest 18 years old. He's Southeast Asian, East Indian, a streetwise. Now, this is the description of him. A streetwise kid who's managed to grow up on the toughest streets without losing his inability. In, in, uh, Oh, my goodness. Without losing his belief in heroism, his strong, passionate belief in heroism, his easygoing demeanor is backed up by a near genius mind, a natural detective with a perception of detail beyond his years. While no stranger to hardship and adversity, he's driven to the possibility of a good world instead of the pain of tragedy. He's a reoccurring guest star with possibly seven to uh, seven to possibly seven episodes of the 13th season. But it's a regular option for him to come back next season and seasons forward as a permanent star of the show. Who do you think this is? I don't know. You want to know? Well, I honestly, my think my guess, my guess is, and I think it's way off. Who do you think? 
Damian Wayne. Oh, see, you skipped a generation. Oh, who? But Tim Drake. Damn, damn, I like. Okay, wait, damn, I like your guess now because the fact that we have an old Bruce Wayne, because yeah. the yeah. fact that he's Southeast Asian. Yeah. With Razal, damn. Oh, I was gonna come in here and say Tim Drake, but fuck, I like your idea more. Damn, and I don't. And honestly, I was more sold on Tim Drake. I don't want it to be Dave. Oh my goodness. Damn, you you might be right, Schubert. I gotta give you that. I th- that's what I thought of right off the bat. I was like, I don't know who he's thinking of, but, but like see, this just seems like Damian Wayne to me. But okay, wait. The thing is, Damian Wayne, when you meet him, he's a torn human being. Yeah, but I it, guess, didn't, it didn't seem like the description. Like it was like that's the physical what, characteristics was what was getting to me, and I'm like, well, and then then it's an old bad man. So like that see, was like where I went with it. But I see with like with the the personality traits are Tim Drake. See, okay. His age, though, he could have grown out of that shit, and that's why he's a street tough, a streetwise kid who grew up on the toughest streets. But Batman got his hair was, but no, but the, Damian Wayne's always like a this. This description is one hundred percent Tim Drake to me. But yeah. like you said, with like the age and in the description of like the actor they're going for, Damian Wayne's not a bad guess. Roy Harper could this could also be maybe, but like to me, this this is a bad family person. Yeah, I think we're going to see with this next season that they want to lean more into the bad stuff because we're going to have to see more. Because we're going to get Barbara and I feel like something's going to happen with uh, With with Jason. Jason. Jason's going to become Red Hood this season. He's got. That's why you bring in another one to have the Robins battling. Yeah. But which Robin are they going to choose? That's the thing. See, okay, I'm going to ask this question to you. Would you prefer them bring in another Robin, whether it's Tim Drake or Damien, or would you prefer them bring in Roy Harper? And I kind of prefer, I, if I'm being honest, this is the honesty episode. As much as I love Tim Drake and Damian Wayne, I feel like, but they are going for the Red Hood storyline. But still, I would much rather Roy Harper. Um, I don't really necessarily, I see what you, why they would maybe want to bring in another Robin. Because like now uh, Dick is phasing out into Nightwing and now yeah. there's not a Robin anymore. So I, I see why... And it if makes you're going to make Jason Todd at Red Hood, like, I see why you bring in a Robin, but I understand, like, where you're leaning with Re- with Roy. And I think there's room for both. Mm. You know? You think like, there's room for Roy, Nightwing, and Robin? We already know that Roy's in the world, you know? Yeah. So, like, I don't necessarily think that he has to be someone that's a steady person. Like, Regular. I don't think it would be, like, this... I don't think it's this, this person, but I, I think it's someone that would show up in t- three episodes. Get, yeah, see, this person's going to be like a, a lead. But this a, a would be a Robin. Yeah, this this 100% sounds like a Robin. And you make you make great points. I'm glad you brought this in here with the I, with the points of Dick's no longer Robin. Jason's going to be Red Hood. We're going to need a Robin for this team if they phase Dick out at any point. And this kid could be it if it's Damien yeah. or Tim. So I guess it's an important casting. It is. So we're going to see who they choose. I'm excited. Get some diversity in there. And let's see what's up. So, dope. All right. So, next story is, um, what is this story, huh? It's a, okay. So, according to Variety, George Miller has been speaking. Oh, George Miller. I just see Miller. (laughs) George Miller was speaking with actresses remotely. And Anya Taylor-Joy from New Mutants is one of the names he said to audition to play young Furiosa in the new Mad Max. It doesn't mean she's going to get the part, but he is considering her and she's one of the favorites so we're going to see if she gets it. How do you feel about Anya Taylor-Joy as potential Furiosa? 
I don't. I, I. I don't know who she is off the top of my head. Yeah. That's that's magic. That's a blonde haired girl from New Mutants. That's a uh, magic, and she's Colossus's sister. Remember I told you she she had all the dead bodies around her. Uh, yeah. This is the chick from um. What, what do you call it? Split. Yeah, glass. she's from Glass. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, she's pretty good, and they want her to be Furiosa. Yeah. I mean, I think she's that one of the top choices. She, yeah, and in Mad Max, you need to be able to act without words, and she does very well acting without words. Mm, with that, with her bot, yeah, she's she's a great physical actress. So good for her, man. Hope, hopefully, we'll see if she gets the role. We'll see who else comes up. But this is also the thing that uh, our boy Yahya Abdul Mahin is is set to be one of the leads in. So I'm this movie's getting a great cast, and I'm excited for it. Any Mad Max thing I'm excited for. Like, I really haven't seen the the old Mad Max movies, and I really don't care if I do or not. Like, maybe oh, sue, sue me. But, like, <laughs> Mad Max Fury Road is, all, is like, a top, you know, 15 all-time movie for me. So, like, I, I love that movie. I want to see more of that. You need that to check world. out the old ones if you love it that much, man. Well, I mean, I just don't know. I don't know. It is, I don't it's know the same side, too. Put, put them on Netflix. You're going to have to probably rent that, bro. With whose money? Oh, well. That's yeah. all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, well. That, that's, a, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> all right. Well, the next story we have is Ryan Reynolds is in talk to, to star and produce in a live-action feature ad- adaptation of the 80s arcade game Dragon's Lair. All right. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So Ryan, Ryan Reynolds doing some more weird stuff. I'm not Dragon's Lair is... Dragon's Lair is like this game that had like these cutscenes that had like busty chicks in it, and like <laughs> it's it's wild. <laughs> okay, it's very cool. story based. We shall see, Ryan. So. Good for you, brother. I'm more interested in other things Netflix has planned. Shout out to Daniel RPK. Another story of his. We got two more coming up, or another one coming up. Uh, Netflix is in in uh play to make and they're gonna make it it's with uh millar it's part of their uh mark millar deal with uh netflix and one of his stories that uh comics that they're turning into we don't know if it's a movie or a tv show i'm kind of hoping it's going to be a tv show but they're looking to cast uh michael b jordan in it and let's tell you what it's going to be what it's about so in prodigy the world's smartest smartest man isn't content with running the world's most successful business his brilliant mind needs a constant challenge so he's become the go-to guy for governments around the world when a problem arises they just can't handle he's a nobel prize winning scientist a genius composer an olympic level athlete and an expert in the occult edison crane is as, as as addicted to mysteries of the world as he is to setting sitting atop his fortune 500 company these are the tales of the world's most exceptional man, and this story marks his first published adventure. So, look, me and Schubert looked at pictures of this uh, comic. I'm probably going to read this comic as soon as I get up out of here. This thing looks good. Michael B. Jordan looks like a, a great person for the role. Schubert wanted to pose some other people. He, he was thinking, like, maybe we should go a d- different direction. Well, I mean, I just think that there's more young black actors in Hollywood than Michael B. Jordan. And that's need true. to be in every movie. That's true. So, John but they, I mean, like, Boyega is out of Star Wars. He could be a he yeah, could play John this role. The goodness, like, but the, the way that the guy looks in the comic and just ah, it just scream. And then the log line it screams Michael B. But we could look up some other people. I would love the homie from Moonlight, Travante Rhodes. He's great. That's the guy I want to be. John Stewart. Uh. You said John Boyega. Let's see any young black actors. Let me just 
hit a quick Google search so we can see some names out here. But I'm trying to think of some other people because I want young people. I'm not, I'm not, Idris Elba's too old for this. Like he's too old for this. And I'm trying to see young, talented actors. Um, oh, they're getting super young. Yeah, bro. I don't know, man. It, John Boyega, Michael B. Jordan, Trevante Rhodes. That's the guys I got that, that should be in this. Because, like, everybody else I'm seeing right now are, like, super young. And, like, this is, like, somebody has to be, like, 30. For sure, yeah. I was looking at people, you know, not 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 something for Jaden Smith. Daniel Kaluuya wouldn't be bad. Daniel Kaluuya, okay, yeah. But, like, yeah, he wouldn't be bad. Um, Let's see. Let's see. I'm trying to see... Uh... This is this isn't something I want to see Shamik Moore do. I don't know if O'Shea Jackson Jr. is talented enough for this. No disrespect to O'Shea, but this this is something a little different than what I've seen him in. Um, yeah, bro, Schubert, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, Let's I mean, like, I, I, it would be a stretch for some people. Like, you could try and go for the How to Get Away with Murder, Harry Potter actor Alfred Enoch. But, yeah, I mean, not- he's a TV guy mostly, so I really wouldn't push him for that role. This isn't really a, a star role either. No, it's not a Donald Glover role. That's what I'm saying. Like, I know you, I know you made the point, but like, this is a Michael B. Jordan, John Boyega, Daniel Kaluuya, or Trevante Rhodes type deal. Everybody else, um, unless, like I said, unless they get an unknown or someone that like isn't like necessarily on our radars, like with the popularity. But you know. That's that's all I got on this one. But I'm excited for this. I'm definitely going to read this comic because this looks interesting. This dude is basically James Bond and Batman fused. He he just doesn't wear the bat suit. He's just Bruce Wayne the whole time. But with like James type. To me, it's like think about if um, Elon Musk or like Dan Blazarian or something was like a superhero, but like not even a superhero, just like, you know, did everything great. It was just someone who like. It doesn't even need to be any of those names. Just anyone who like does literally everything perfectly, and in, in, in society, it's not even a superhero. But that that kind of person is crazy to think about. He's like, the world's most exceptional man, man. He's like yeah. the, it's literally the Dos Equis commercial for sure. So, so like, like, this sounds great. I, yeah. what, what do you prefer, a movie or a TV show? Because I kind of hope it's a TV show. Yeah, like if John Krasinski can do. Uh, can do Jack Ryan, Michael B. Jordan. Your ass better come do this TV show. Although this could be a great movie, the the Black James Bond. Yeah, definitely. I mean, look, it it basically is essentially. So, like, I would love to see it in a movie form too. But, but the it, thing is, like, I want. But, I, but what I'm saying is, is it could be the Black James Bond. Prodigy mm-hmm. could be a generational movie franchise if it was done correctly if i don't know how the comic works so that would depend on what you think about after mm, so like something they could reboot type deal with like different people yeah no that'd be i mean look well i i'll let i'll come back to this next week when i read the comic we'll talk about this more next week because like this is something that i want to keep tabs on because i'm very interested in mark millar's netflix deal because he has a lot of good content out there and this is something i didn't even know about like I'm excited to when he gets his uh, magician, uh, his magic show on there, which is which is great. That's a great story. And then Jupiter Ascending, which is coming soon. So shout out to Mark Millar and his Netflix deal. But LeBron James, he has a, a, a movie coming with Netflix uh, called Hustle, starring Adam Sandler. This is this is what the uh, log line is. It follows a washed up basketball scout, Adam Sandler, LeBron probably saw uncut gems and was like yo i gotta get this guy in here but uh, he just i loved a... i loved happy gilmore <laughs> no i i i i see i feel like this movie is legit 
LeBron saw uncut gems and was like, yo, let's do this, but just with a different twist, where he's going to follow a washed-up basketball scout who discovers a Chinese streetball phenom and sees him as his ticket back to the NBA, taking him... In uh, taking him to uh, Los Angeles to train for the draft, the phenom is thrown into the hype machine of pro basketball prospects and must deal with being away from his family, his village, for the first time while the scout tries to put back together pieces of the family he left behind. This this sounds, it could be serious, but I hope it's not like sports religion-y, if that makes sense. But I don't think Adam Sandler's doing but no bullshit like Lebr- that. Yeah, and I don't think LeBron's really like that. Yeah, true. I hope this is some gritty shit. Like... I want it to be some serious, gritty, like the Adam Sandler's doing skeezy shit, but he really loves the Chinese streetball phenom, but the Chinese streetball phenom might leave his ass. Like, I want it to be gr- grimy. Yeah, I mean, I think that they could definitely pull that off. Um, and it's going to be Netflix. I hope they filmed it already. No, no, no. This isn't, like, both the both things we just discussed are in talk, like, they're the next things Netflix are making. All right. So, yeah, well, like, yeah. we got to wait till post-corona and, like, scripts and shit, so. <laughs> You know, but that's all I got on that. Uh, so Ryan Gosling is going to do another astronaut movie. Um, he will produce and star in Project Hail Mary um, based on the upcoming Andy Weir novel pro- uh, called Project Hail Mary, which is centered on a solitary astronaut on a spaceship who is trying to save Earth. Bro, bro, I can let me stop. You don't even have to read anything else. I am sick sick <laughs> of the sci-fi based in realism movies like Gravity, Martian. Uh, uh, what's the one that Brad Pitt did that I this was the guy who for? wrote Martian. Uh, Ad Astra. I am sick of those of these fucking sci-fi movies. <laughs> Ryan Gosling was in one other last year. He First went man. to fucking yeah. I'm sick of that shit, bro. Like no, bro. Ryan Gosling, you were great in Blade Runner. Do something like that. Shit, if you want to go back to sci-fi. I'm not trying to see you be just another generic astronaut. Like, I'm sick of that shit. Sorry, I'm off my sofa. <laughs> Honesty episode, right? Honesty, bro. Are you not sick of that shit? Uh, I mean, I didn't really like a lot of the movies that you named except Gravity. And I didn't um, name Interstellar because that movie was great and it was super soft. Like, but if you that getting... had that was way different than your normal. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That it's not it's not Gravity. Even Ad Astra, Ad Astra had potential to be some sci-fi, but then they just made it about a man stuck by himself in a spacecraft. Brad Pitt acted amazing, but that movie was fucking boring. Yeah, and, and, and The Martian, whatever. This sounds like um a lot of acting by Ryan Gosling in a. Yeah, like I'm still not, bro. Did you like First Man? Shit was all right. No. I'm sick of that shit, bro. I'm sick of it. Like Ryan's too great of a talent to just be doing this type of shit. Like if you yeah. want, if, if you're gonna go down the Oscar path, cool, brother. But pick a different, like pick a di- like pick a Daniel Day Lewis or a Lee. Follow someone else, cause whoever you following right now, I'm sick of these. Like no, bro, no. You used to do a biopic. Is that what you're saying? A biopic, a Tarantino movie, another guy Richie film like the Nice Guys, something, but not this. This is not it. Or get, if you want to do sci-fi, bro, give me something like Blade Runner. Do something. It doesn't even have to be like that. But just something. He should have got not, cast in Dune. He missed out. I don't think he wanted to do that. Ryan Gosling definitely could have been Batman. Everyone should have wanted to do that because uh-huh. it's gonna be a hit. It's gonna be a smash. Everybody's gonna want to. Uh, that's something I'm looking forward to post quarantine is Dune. Yeah, I don't even know what the status of that is, but it better That's be on December. track. It's December. I, well, we don't know if it got filmed. It, it did, huh? I think it's done. I don't know. 
Hmm, I don't know the status on all that. It's done because they released a, t- a trailer, like a teaser. That don't mean it's all the way done. Let me let me do a quick Google. It's Dune. But yeah, I mean that's definitely one that I think is an exciting sci-fi more so than doing your normal space solitary movie. And I mean, I don't know. I just feel like that's the same old, same old with those space movies. Yeah, it, it was. We... It finished filming in 2019. So okay, yeah, it's coming in December. But now the well, sequel. That... The sequel, because he stepped down from doing the TV series, doing because this, like you know, to film thinking the about that, thinking about this, and talking about Ryan Gosling, he was in Blade Runner. He was exactly Blade Runner. What he doing. That's what I'm saying. Something like that. Yes. All right. Well, someone make that film and ca- and uh, cast Ryan Gosling in it. Something then, similar, like it, like. And then give me ten percent for telling you the idea. Like that's all I'm saying, bro. Like, if you're gonna do sci-fi, give me some sci-fi action or do some crime some I just I just want more for Ryan Gosling in his career than just being an astronaut time and time again doing this Brad Pitt George Clooney gravity Matt Damon shit <laughs> I'm just sick of it I'm I'm just sick it's over like I'm done All right well let's talk about some things that we've been watching during the quarantine Of course Dave we'll get into the new episode I've been watching a lot of okay so me and my girl watch a lot of trash TV and we want, we've been needing a reality show. Like, I've been watching Cooks vs. Cons. Like, I got my Food Network fl- flavor. But speaking of flavor, we took it back, way back, to a VH1 classic trash television series called The Flavor of Love. We just watched the first season with New York and uh, Pumpkin. And, and Pumpkin, yeah. Yeah, we just watched that season. And then, uh, what's that, the, the girl from uh, the mom in, or not, well, she's not the mom, well, she is the mom in Creed too, but... In Rocky Four, she was Drago's assistant, and that's Flavor Flavor Flav's ex lady, and she was on the show. Like, nah, this shit. Flavor Love was before its time, man. Like, if Flavor Love originally aired in 2020, the timeline would be dead. Especially when Pumpkin spit on New York. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that was an iconic TV moment. Mm-hmm. Flavor Love was way like Flavor Love should have happened during the social media era, because like oh my it. God. It would have took out The Bachelor. The Bachelor would have been done. Like, Flavor of Love would have been some shit. Yeah, I don't understand, like, why that ne- nothing like that ever got Cause to it that became, level again. It became a stigma among rappers and, and athletes that they're not doing that shit. <laughs> it became a stigma. And then, then, not, then you have things like Love and Hip Hop, like uh, The Real Housewives of Atlanta. Like, niggas not, they, people, don't try, people are not trying to do that. Flavor nah, that's of Love a moment in time. That was wild, man. Spawned all that other stuff. Shot at Love, uh, Rock of Love. Yeah, all that shit. What you been watching? I've been watching Workaholics. Oh, shout out to American Housewife on ABC. I think that's one of the best family sitcoms out right now. I love that show. Uh, Netflix, let me go over there because, like I said, you've been watching more. On the trash TV vibe, my girlfriend and her roommate have been watching an entire season of Love Island. They haven't finished it yet. So. Oh, they're they're not going to be done until probably our next episode. That's what I'm saying. Cause yeah, they, they they got a they got a whole different side of like once you get down to who you think are gonna be the couples they end up bringing this Casa Ole shit in there or yeah, Casa Amor whatever yeah I don't know what that all that is because I'm not watching it but like I can't, I'm like you're still on that like I can't believe oh yeah that's just that many wild. episodes is wild but uh, also um I watched Snowpiercer and What'd I can never. I thought it was pretty great, man. Like it's a pretty, it's a really good movie, really great premise. Underrated, um, Bong Joon, bro. There, 
I really wanted to see. I really want to see the TV series that didn't work out. Mm, well, it's 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 on TNT. Is it still on TNT? Yeah, it's still on TNT. I don't think it's come out yet. Oh, okay. I thought that it came out and it didn't work out, but uh-huh. I think it. I think it would work out. Yeah. Wait. Hold on. Snowpiercer TV show. Yeah, I don't think it aired yet. Yeah. No. Episode one aired May thirty first. Episode two is airing June seventh. So yeah, it hasn't started yet. Oh, cool. And it's yeah. got Davy Diggs in it. Yep, and uh, Jennifer Conley. That's dope. Yeah, so it's set more than seven years after. Uh, I think it might be the same premise, but whatever. TV show. Yeah, it, it should be the same because, like, that whole the whole thing about the last movie, it have to be like a retcon because the in the uh, if you watch the movie, I'm not gonna say why, but like you, you have it have to be it a is. totally different story. Yeah, no, the one hundred. Uh, yeah, I think it's. I think this is gonna be like some. The, the, this is a different yeah. train. But Boom, uh, Bong is a, a executive producer on it. Yeah, it's cool that he's going to be executive producing this, and then he's also bringing Parasite to TV, so two movies that really worked out for him. Good for um, him. And um, with Snowpiercer, man, like, the one thing I'll say is that I can never watch Captain America ever again. Because Why? Chris Evans talks about being a cannibal, and so some of the yeah. words that he says in that is just wild. Yeah, bro, acting, bro, good actor. Shout out to Chris Evans. Oh, I gotta also say, I watched on Netflix All American, but boy, that CW, like, I'm hooked, Schubert, but like, I saw a video of like, because when you watch it, you get hooked to like the 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 melodrama of it and Tay Diggs and like it's a it's a it's it's my type of show because it's, it's it's straight the sports life. You know, people like this. It's like rich people poor. Like you just it's just very relatable. Yeah, man, it's one true but. Bro, it is like they have some cheesy, cheesy moments in that show, and then like the football playing in it. Like, I saw on Twitter they they put a clip of it where they slowed down one of the routes and they threw it to him. Bro, it looks so phony. And then, nah, but I love that fucking show. Bro, I'm ready for season three. We're going back to Crenshaw with it. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Shout out Tay Diggs. Oh my gosh. So like, <laughs> it came on and it's still on the CW, or did they move it to Netflix? No, it's on CW still. It's like one of those things that, uh, you know, CW puts on Netflix. Jeez. All right. Well, so um, it's two seasons. Like, it's some two fire seasons. Like, you might have to check it out. I'll have to check it out. But other than that, man, like, for me, since I'm working every day, I'm just trying to keep everything as normal. And a lot of the stuff that's going on normal TV right now is keeping going. So, like, I'm still watching all the reality stuff, like uh, American Idol and uh, Mass Singer, Survivor. Oh, that shit's still going? Yeah, it's all still going because it's all, it's all like, filmed. But American Idol's come into where it's got to stop because mm. it'll be live. And uh, I guess The Voice would still be doing that, too. Uh, but See, Survivor's good to go. I stopped watching live TV because I was like, oh. The Challenge is about to come back. On MTV? Yeah. With who? I don't know. I'm really? just saying. For people who like The Challenge, that the new season that they already filmed is coming out this week. Oh, I might have to check that out. Okay. Okay. Shout out Shuby. Movie on the rise. Giving the people new shit. So I'm telling you. I'm telling you what's coming out. Um, but other than that, yeah, I don't know. Isn't it, wasn't Rick and Morty supposed to come out pretty soon? I don't think so. I don't know. For some reason, I felt like they were supposed to because, like, they didn't even finish their season. It was, like, only five episodes. So, like, they have it in their Yeah, maybe. It might. I'm going to have to check into that. Come back to you next episode because I don't I don't know. <sighs> Yeah, but I mean, other than that, you know, I'm watching My Hero, 
Like you are. Oh yeah, it's about the hero to... rankings. Yep, it's getting close. So we're gonna. I was so worried, and I'm gonna talk about this on on anime talk. But I was so worried that they were gonna end the season with the gentle arc, and then my thoughts of season four being one of the best arcs of the show would have been like kind of arguable. But the fact that we're going into the hero rankings and we're about to see the end of her shit. Let's go, baby. Season four. Best season of My Hero Academia. And I love that. I The way the arc ended with this, the airy shit, it just made all the gentle shit worth it. And then now getting these hero rankings, we're moving forward. We're getting close to some big shit. Yeah, I like what how we got to this point. And this was a really interesting episode because it kind of takes you away from the UA students for a minute. And the and funny focuses... thing is, they lay down the foundation for the future. And I'm going to dive more on that on Anime Talk, but they do like, just remember the name, the Meta Liberation Army. Meta liberation. Because you remember that you remember that dude who was who was shrieking, and Hulk just yeah. shot an arrow at him, and he was looking at a book. Yeah. And they talked about that book. That's gonna that's plays a major role next season. Interesting. Interesting. Like like this 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 little arc is huge for everything that's coming. Because like you got to remember, Endeavor and Hawks are teaming up. So what are they teaming up for? Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's it's definitely a whole, almost a whole different show when you're watching those two. With them, you know? yeah, it's like some superhero shit. Like, it's like, okay, yeah. okay. Like, see, in Naruto, we never got, like, Kakashi and Mike Guy just doing their thing. Like, we, we might have got, we might we got, like, the Kakashi backstory when we saw him with the Anbu Black Ops and everything, and that shit was fire. But it took so long to get there. Like, this is, well, like... Oh, yeah, that was, like, the thing that was bad about naruto but was good about like shows like dragon ball z where like you had two storylines you had like goku's out here fighting this dude and then you had like oh yeah but like you know uh, uh piccolo's out here doing this stuff over here because like while goku's doing this piccolo needs to do this or something like that you know yeah where, they like where that naruto was like so down pat on like what's naruto, naruto doing yeah it, which yeah. i mean is the namesake of the show but like it's great that my hero can like get away from just what's Midoriya doing. But see, I think they have to do that because I think they have to do that to set the world that Midoriya is going to live in because what I what I have to always remind myself and remind people of, the first episode, and I hold my hero true to this. This is why I wasn't a big fan of the movie. In the first episode, in the first chapter of the manga, they told me this. This is the story of how Izuku Midori became the greatest hero ever. I got to know how he does it. But that's why it makes sense for us to see the superheroes who were at the top in the time where he was growing and learning to be the greatest hero. So, like, whereas with Naruto, it's like he's on missions with Kakashi where Deku and the kids are just, they're at school. Yeah. So I, I get why they do that. It's, he, uh, Hirokoshi kind of takes the Oda approach where it's like we see what Luffy is doing, but we have to see how the world that we have to see how the world affects Luffy and then Luffy's respond to what the world does. So this is like, we're not to the point to where Deku's going to respond to the world, but we're seeing the world that is set up for when Deku is forced to respond, when he becomes out of high school and he sets up on his own. Yeah, so this is all kind of, it's all, everything's important, but I think Fact. it's really almost an interesting new show that we're watching right now. Oh yeah, no, I'm excited for this arc. This arc's going to be great. But the and other show... Oh, oh, go okay. ahead. No, I was going to say, you can listen to the full review that me and Chris are doing anime talking tomorrow. That's all. Uh, but the other new show that we like is uh, Dave. And that's where we're yeah, going next. Yo, this new episode was, it was so sad. And I saw someone tweet while it was airing live that this was the Gata episode. So I didn't know what to, the Gata backstory. So when we got into it and they just showed like 
everything that led up to this moment is just like I felt so bad for Gator, bro. It just it broke my heart, and I was just sold. Like he's a great character in this show, and he if anybody's gonna keep me coming back, it's gonna be him. Yeah, I agree. Like it really, he really is like one of the characters I'm the most invested in, especially after this episode. Like he really went through how the ups and downs of like his life, pretty much, and how much be, the moment that he's in right now means to him, and like. Yeah, because like forces Dave to flip on his perspective and like how important like their connection is as well. And it's like Gator in Gator's opinion in his mind, if he wasn't bipolar, that moment he had with uh with um shit, why am I blanking on this rapper's name? With OT Genesis in the tour bus when he thinks he's about to be on with all his all his connects he's built to that point, if he doesn't freak have a have a have a, a freak out. He, that might not happen. He might he might be at the point where he wants to be. So he looks at this as his last chance, and it's like, yo, I feel for the guy. Yeah, so truly. It's like, Damn, it's just. And sucks. then you find out at the end, like how he really kind of just stumbled into the whole Eating thing. Dave. Yeah, like how it just like, was meant to be. Yeah, and like a lot of the stuff that you, that was in that episode was a lie about him, like trying to talk to Nutty or whatever. Facts. He never even just... sent the dude a text message. It just shows, like, if, like, it just, it just, oh, man, that episode was great. Like, that was really good. That was really good television. When me and my girlfriend finished, we were like, because we expect Dave to be our comedy, we were like, damn, this really hit different. Like, I did not yeah, go like, down this road. I was, like, expecting this to be lighthearted, and I'm like, damn, like, what they is went this? There. Yeah, they went there with that episode. Like, kudos to y'all, man. Kudos to Lil Dicky. Kudos to Gator. Like, I'm low-key trying to get Gator on the pod. Low-key. Like, hit, I'm hit, hit him up this past week, so we'll see what happens. But, yo, like, that episode just sold me. Like, this dude's the re- – like, this this show is great. Like, I'm I'm fully invested in Dave now. Like, if I wasn't before, I am now. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I already thought the third episode with the sex stuff was one yeah, of the facts. better episodes I'd seen this year in TV. And, I mean, that takes the cake, too. I'm like, dang, like, is this – secretly one of the best shows that came out this year and no one's talking about it it's it's gonna be like when it's all said and done if it maintains this level it's gonna be one of the best shows of 2020 i mean uh, for real like i don't know how many episodes left i'm assuming like maybe four or five yeah i mean some of them are hit some of them are just hitting hard man super super hard though i'd say the first two the third and the fifth and it's not even that little dicky yeah it's not like and like that's the thing with the last episode, I got my mark shit. Even though it was like a, like kind of a slower episode, like they are giving us great. They're building their cast very great. So when we get to the little, like that's my thing. Little Dicky's not my favorite character in this show. No, it's Gator. It's his manager. It's Taco. Like I'm ready for the Taco episode now. For sure. Yeah. I, I, I kind of like his know. girlfriend. And I like his girlfriend too. So, I mean, I, I like the cast, and I think the writing is really great, and I'm excited to see where the show goes, man. It's, it's, it's crazy. I didn't think that we would get an episode like that, for real. Like, no. That was the thing. Like I, Just the seriousness of the tone of that episode was wild. Yeah, like I said, shout-out to FX, shout-out to Dave. Like, Atlanta and Dave are two of the best comedies of, of, like this, of the 2010s, man. Yeah, and I guess that that's a very similar... Uh, compared but it's to different, because like, Atlanta is is a comedy, but it also has like very serious tones. 
And see, I saw people saying Dave is like the ripoff of Atlanta. And it's not, though. It's like it's not the ripoff of Atlanta. Atlanta goes into like something like it's not we're not like we're not following Donald Glover as this like artist. Like it's a different show. Like Atlanta is completely different. Whereas like we're going from the perspective of this rapper, but we're learning about the people around like. No, nah, I I just don't like the that people are hating on Dave because they're saying it's too much like Atlanta. I just disagree with that. Well, and I feel like it's representative of two different come ups. Like, Paperboy's come up would be way different, and then Little Dicky's an actual real person. Facts. So, that's like, another. That's what makes it different, and like it's more of like a, a satire of life than exactly. Atlanta's more of a dramatization of a person. I'm no, I'm with you 100. Like, and I love both of them so. People yeah. need to start watching Dave, but Schubert, let's get into the mess. Like this is honesty, honest, honest, honest choices. Let's get into the 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 ruckus of the top ten Nickelodeon cartoons of all time. All right, man. Well, let's talk about our honorable mentions first because I think that kind of will set the tone. Ooh, we, uh, see, I are you say yours first because I don't. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. You say yours first. Uh, the Legend of Korra. Oh, nice, nice, nice. I couldn't put it in the top 10, but it really was a good, a solid follow-up to Avatar and really kind of world build. Um, and then Chalk Zone. Nice, nice. I got My Life as a Teenage Robot. I got As Told by Ginger and, his, and Invader Zim. As... See, As Told by Ginger was a great show. Yeah, I know. I, I really liked As Told by Ginger. So that those are honorable would, mentions for me. I would like to rewatch that because, like, I just think that like, I didn't get it enough because of the age I was. Mm, see, my little brother watched it, so I was like, "Yeah, this is pretty, this is pretty good." Yeah. So uh, next, we'll guess we'll jump into it. Yeah, let's get into it. Oh God! And people heard our honorable mentions, so when they see what I left off, they're gonna just be like. What the hell are you thinking? But like, I'm I, I'm honest. I have to be honest with myself. This is what I think the best Nickelodeon cartoons are. So if you disagree with me, hit me up on Twitter. But what you got at number ten, Shuby? Number ten, I have Wild Thornberries. Ooh, nice, 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 so nice, nice. The Wild Thornberries, super dope. I don't know if you have them on your list. They did um, not make but, the cut. But I was really into animals when I was a kid, so I really liked the the Wild Thornberries. But it wasn't. Obviously, one of the top ones for me because it was kind of dumb at times, and it doesn't have very many iconic episodes, which you'll find is a very big theme onto my list. Mm, okay, okay, I like that. I like. I'm not mad at your number ten. At number ten for me, I have Rocco's Modern Life. Yes, I'm following the Australian Wallaby Rocco, his friends Heifer and Filbert, and the dog Spunky. Uh, this show had so much controversial adult humor, double entendre, innuendo, sat and satire. It was a show that was, if my parents knew what I was watching, see where Ren and Stimpy, they saw and they understood what that was. They didn't really pay too much attention to Rocco's Modern Life. If they knew what, what I was watching, they'd been like, yo, you're not watching this. Rocco's Modern Life was flame, and I loved when Netflix brought it back. Loved every inch of that show. It had to make the list at number 10. Yeah, that was one of those shows that I really didn't watch that much. I think mainly because my mom did pay attention to it. Yeah, no, man, that that show they they were walling on that show. So I I don't I didn't really get to watch too much of that show. So I don't really know of nothing really sticks out to me except the sex operator episode. Ah, then that's one that's one of those iconic ones for me. That episode was great. Um, but uh, moving on to number nine, I have Rocket Power. Ooh, I got I'm gonna have to punt on that one. I have that I one later. So. 
have that one so, later. So we want we want to talk about it now. You can say why you like it, or you can, we can wait and have a big discussion. Yeah, for Rocket Power Man, it's 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 a, just a really great cartoon, really great story. It's just hard to compare against some of the things that are to come on the list um, in ways of like full on storytelling and episodes that stick out to you. I think there are definitely some arcs that really stick out, like or uh, some episodes that I remember fondly. The squid learning how to longboard surf was a really big one. Um, some of the Twister Lars episodes. But there, I think really what was the most iconic stuff about Rocket Power was the characters. Tito, Raymundo, Reggie, Facts. Otto, you know, Twister and Squid. Like, you, it's, you know, you even can remember the brother Lars. Like, they were, they were all characters that were really well established and like you you know you remember well so we'll talk about it later i'm with you okay so at number nine for me i'm taking a cartoon that was created by bill burnett and larry huber uh it started as a short on oh yeah cartoons in 1998 it was a series that ran from march 22 march 22nd 2002 to august 20 uh august 23rd 2008 40 episodes total it was made by fred alert and uh, Frederator Studios. And all I got to say is sing the theme song, and you guys will know what this is. Rudy's got the chalk, the chalk, the chalk, chalk zone. Rudy's got the chalk, the chalk, chalk zone. I got chalk zone at number nine. It, it To me, the show kind of feels like Adventure Time before Adventure Time with the Rudy yeah. and, and Snap relationship, and then going into this chalk zone world. Like, it's not as it's not as eccentric and, and story-driven and... and I don't want to say well-developed as Adventure Time because Adventure Time's like a a, a serious, well-developed show, and it, it's amazing. I don't think Chalk Zone's on that level, but I think it's it's something where I can see inspiration maybe coming from. And I just love the adventures of Rudy, Snatch, I mean Snap, Penny, uh, Millie, Dr. Sanchez. It was just great episodes to see all the different chalk creations from the kids from around the world that they forgot about well, the, the idea was just i think it was one of those things where like when i was a kid i like was really into being a writer and i was really fascinated by things that had really interesting concepts and that was just a show that was super interesting of a concept it's like oh there's a magic chalk that opens you into a world that's all of chalk like is pretty much the our one of our early introductions to a multiverse. Facts and the fact that Snap was a superhero, I kind of liked it, and it was just it just the show was just wholesome to me. And I remember watching the short on Oh Yeah Cartoons, and when it came out, I was like, dope. So this is one that that is a personal favorite of mine, and I can understand why it wouldn't make some people's list. But for me, I had to put it in at nine. Yeah, I thought it was definitely really good, but again, it's really something where I. I don't remember all those character names like you do, and no no episode sticks out to me. Mm, see, I like the the start episode with the Cyclops, where they go into the uh, where they go into the chalk zone. I like when they battle the villain Scrawl. Like a lot of this stuff, because he blames Rudy for being ugly and all that stuff, and then the Craniacs, the robots no, that they uh, Scrawl. yeah. So that was that was just some of my shit. Shout out to uh, Chalk Zone. Uh, number eight, I have Danny Phantom. Ooh, Shubri, I'm shocked. That's a punt for me, brother. We might as well just save it, because, like, that's that's a punt. Like, that's a super punt. All right. I am shocked you put that that low, because that's your eight, show. Thanks. My eight's a punt for you, Jimmy Neutron. 
Oh yeah, pun, but not that far. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna just wait till it gets to the persons on the list, and then we'll discuss it. So we're gonna shoot it down there, and we'll wait till Schubert gets all to right, well, John. Seven is fairly odd parents. All right, all right. Um, you could talk about it because that's a punt for me, but it's not that far. Uh, well, for me, the reason I have it in front of Danny Phantom and like really a theme for me for at least the middle section of this of this list is about iconic episodes um and with fairly odd parents there's just more things that i can recall that are great and hilarious and impact pop culture more so yep. than danny phantom does no um, i agree even though the danny phantom as a through line is better than Fa- fairly odd parents but fairly odd parents just hits pop culture and hits your childhood in a different way so it's got to be farther ahead and Norm also, uh, fairly odd parents, and it's kind of carries over with num- with uh, with you know Jimmy Neutron when we get to talking to that, um, because the movies that they made also kind of impact them over Danny Phantom, because mm. those also hit pretty strongly as well. No, I agree. And movies are something that I'm going to use to explain stuff that I have later down the line. So that was your number seven, fairly odd parents. And number eight, you had Danny Phantom. And my number eight was Jimmy Neutron. We'll talk about... I'll just say this. like Jimmy is, is, a, is a great show, great premise. I just have it lower on my list because the movie was great, but I didn't feel the show hit me as hard as the movie. And there were things I would like to see the show do better. And I'm not the biggest fan of the Jimmy Neutron animation. The animation also knocks it down for me as well. But I must say, one of the best hip-hop artists right now is Carl Weezer. Go search that on SoundCloud, and you will not be disappointed. But Jimmy Neutron, I got love for it, but it had to be at eight. For me, at number seven, I've dug. Okay, that's a punt. Okay, how far of a punt? Like, super not far? far? Not far, so let's yeah. So six is Jimmy Neutron for me, so we can talk about that now. All right, yeah, let's talk Jimmy Neutron. All right, so Jimmy Neutron, I think that the movie was iconic. Great. Um, uh, so that's why it's kind of high up there for me, but you know, a lot of the episodes hit real hard, um, for, for, because Jimmy just had so many different, like things that, that would happen in his episodes with, from shrink rays to trap time travel, you know, the stuff with the movies, not only did he have his feature movie that was in theaters, but he had all the stuff with Timmy Turner and he and he had even more than that. So I mean, like Jimmy just was always putting out some pretty quality stuff, and I thought that they built a good base of characters that you cared about. Um, so that's why I put it higher than the two Butch Hartman car, uh, cartoons. Mm, um, okay, that's where we disagree. But, but like that's that's I could see where you could flip them all around. It all just depends on how you feel about that. Like the, that whole thing to me was all about like more fondness of episodes. Like, honestly, now that I'm looking at it, I, I think fairly odd parents should probably be six. Mm, so you want to play because, but just because of the, the fact that, you know, the, like I said, with the impact, the impact that fairly odd parents makes is way stronger than the other ones in pop culture in general. But Jimmy Neutron's movie is just so iconic. We're gonna we're gonna get and then see the movie is why I put it at eight. The movie I, I like, but see that animation for me, I was not a fan. And you okay. know me, I'm just not. I'm not. I, that's why it had to be at eight for me. But I'm not mad at you putting it at a uh, seven or six, whichever one you ended up six. at. That's Jimmy at six. I'm not mad at that. 
Uh, at six for me, I got Rocket Power. The show was mm-hmm. just about these kids getting together. Otto, Squid, uh, oh man, Twister and Reggie, Twist, Twister and Reggie getting together. Their dad, Raymundo, and then the homie who owned the uh, Tito. Tito, who owned the shop, and just seeing these. I, because at that point in my life, X Games, I was big into Tony Hawk, the video game. I never skated or anything, rollerbladed, because rollerblade because of this show, and it just tapped into something that I felt very r- relatable to. This was the first cartoon where I didn't know necessarily the race of the people, and they kind of looked a little more like me. Whereas in like in like it just yeah, the felt only one very that was real. for sure white was Squid. Was Squid? Yeah, exactly. So it just it felt very just real to like real world situations, and just seeing these kids skate, surf, snowboards, and then plus I was a fan of Johnny Tsunami at the time. And this show just like had everything working for it, from the Tony Hawk games to Johnny Tsunami. A lot of outside factors influenced me on this, but the, the episodes were very r- rememberable. Like when, uh, like you said, when Squid first comes to the neighborhood, when uh, Twister's trying to figure out his problems with his brother and, and shit, and Twister doesn't feel like uh, accepted by the group because he's not good enough, and then he tries to do all this skate shit when and when Otto feels discouraged because of Reggie or when Otto does some shit in school and he tries to hide it from Raimundo and then you get the Raimundo episodes like I just really loved Rocket Power and like I said just honesty and personal opinion I had to put it in six because I felt like it was a stronger show for me at least than Doug and Jimmy Neutron yeah I'm I could see I guess I could see where it just kind of hit differently for you and for my number five is Doug so we can talk about that Ooh, okay and, you know, cool and great show doug is a great great show and like i have it so high because i feel like um it is a timeless kind of show like i feel like it could really work at any point of when it came out like just not it was strong for when it came out then but i I think if it came out in the in the later half of nickelodeon 2 i feel like it would have been just as strong maybe stronger um Mm, just just because of like the characters and uh, the kind it, it I feel like it was before its time with a lot of the shows that were live action like it was uh, even Stevens before even Stevens like um, you know what I'm talking about where it was like these high, high school coming of age shows even yeah. as told by Ginger that you mentioned earlier on like it was like as told by Ginger too I mean it kind of set the tone in a way for that generation of telling like a, a coming of age teen Story. deal yeah, like that. So that's why I felt like with that, and I can see where rock, where you put Rocket Power above them as well, because Rocket Power does sort of the same thing that Doug does, but in a, a, a different sort of tone, like you're saying, where they're really. But Doug does a similar thing with the racial thing, where it doesn't really. No one really is set in like a or like a, fixed, yeah. uh, a fixed like race. it really has. Yeah, like it has nothing to do with the story because like people are blue and green and you know pink. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No. One hundred percent. No, I love Doug Man, uh, uh, Quail Man, uh, freaking Skeeter, his his friendship with Skeeter, uh, Patty. I lo- I loved his 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 Patty dude. Mayonnaise. Will I? Will I? Won't I? With Patty, and then I loved uh, the villain. His dog. The 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 bully. With I forget the yeah. bully's name, but I'm Roger. looking at. Him. Oh, his name was Roger. Yeah. Oh, real! I I did not know his name was Roger. I'm just remember his green ass with his leather jacket and his his orange hair to the side. Yeah, one hundred percent. He was the he 
was the first bully that I remember. I was like, Same. this dude is a dick. And he reminded me of the bullies in Boy Meets World. For sure, when, yeah. When they were in elementary school, in middle yeah, school. Yeah, with uh, Har- Harley Kiner and all that. Yeah, Harley Kiner, exactly. He and definitely the dude who was in My Name is Earl. Yep. <laughs> Yo, that dude's Jack now. Yeah, he is Jack. He's in Good Girls right now. He is Jack. Good for him, man. Shout out to him. Because when my girlfriend showed me a picture of him, I was like, Yo, that's a dude from Boy Meets World. She was like, Oh, that's a, that's the uh, homie from. Oh, Good- he's in The Hunt, too. Oh, he real. Yeah. Good, good and he's that. in Remember the Titans. Oh, yeah. yeah shout out is. to this guy. Yeah, shout out to that guy. I, we don't know his name, but I just know you were Harley Connor's lackey. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Harley Connor. But he, uh, it was Joey the Rat's friend. Yeah, Joey the Rat. And there is an episode, though, where he steals Harley's girl oh. with his poetry. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> oh, man, that's a good Harley Connor was pissed. Oh, man, Boy Meets World. If we ever do a live action for Disney, which we probably will, Boy Meets World is definitely my number one. No, um, no. Yeah, no. so what's your number five for this list? Number five. This is where I bring in Danny Phantom. This is where I start to do the Butch Hartman shows. Danny Phantom, the concept, his parents, you learn it in the intro, like you say, did in that pitch and match. You hear the song, and just seeing the the world of this guy who's a superhero. You know how I feel about superheroes, but with the ghost aspect, I loved his friends. I loved, uh, the, uh, I can't think of e- either of their names. He had a I good loved- set of villains. He had a great set of villains. Like, it was I just... I feel like, you know, in a time where Danny Phantom was out, he was kind of competing with Kim Possible, and I feel like in a, in a way that he had better villains. He, oh, man. But that's a that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Cause see, Vlad Plasmus is the best villain on both show. That's what I'm but, saying. But are the other villains better than? Cause I love me some Shigo Draken. But uh, that, that, that's like those two are the Vlad like those Monkey are the, Fist the top ones. I loved Monkey Fist. Um. Damn, I can't think of any more Kim Possible villains. You might have me because the only other Danny Phantom villain that I can think of is the homie who was in the first one with like the uh, flame mohawk who was the ghost dude. That guy was badass. And yeah, yeah I like then, I like uh, Sam. I like Tucker. I like Jazz. I like his sister. I like I like his mom Jack and uh, his mom Maddie and, and his dad Jack. Like Tucker was my boy, and then Sam was that classic goth girl who was in the show, and I just wanted to see her get Danny and Danny to pull his head out of his ass. Skulker was the guy you were thinking of. Yeah, thinking Skulker. Of. And then Danny had a pretty good book, bu- the classic jock bully. Yeah, he did have the classic jock bully. And then the girl he was he was going after. Yeah, but she was lame. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I wanted him to go with Sam. And then they had the, the girl uh, version of Danny. Like, they just had so much good stuff in this show. And then when Val, uh, the girl in his school figures out who he is. Yeah, I mean, Danny, that's what I'm saying. Like, Danny Phantom and Kim Possible are at the same time, but Danny Phantom kind of just hit differently. That's why, like, I, I like it better in that sense, but it was just uh, differences in the list. And I feel, and I, you know, you, you punted for Odd Parents, and I assume that you put it ahead of Danny Phantom. And so I think you agree with me that you can't put Danny Phantom over Fairly Odd Parents. No, I cannot. And that's why I said we're getting to my Butch Hartman section. So we'll get to Fairly Odd Parents in a little bit. Very soon. All right. Well, number four is SpongeBob. Oh, baby. Are we going to talk about it now? We have to. It's not on my list. It's not. I know it's not on your list, but I mean, like, the thing is, is it hit pop culture differently, man. It just, like, it just does. Like, I still do SpongeBob memes. Like, I... People think, yeah, no, people think SpongeBob, if I'm going to be honest, besides what our number one is because of that show, and I think... It was on the Super Bowl. 
Yeah, that's what I'm about to say. Most people would say that SpongeBob is the best Nickelodeon cartoon. But, bro, I just could not get behind it. I just, it just didn't hit right for me. I didn't like the songs. I didn't, like, some episodes were cool, but for the most part, I was really turned off by SpongeBob. I mean, that's just your opinion. And yeah, I mean, fact, like, like, I'm good with it. Like, I know cool. people are going to hate on me for that. Yeah, but, you know, I had to put it as high at, on the list. Um, but it's not because, high for you, so you, don't, you, you must have problems well, with it, though. I, the only problems I have with it is the era. Mm, okay. So, I mean, like, the the TV shows I had before it are TV shows that came out just the era before it. So, they kind of have a more of a special place to me. But when it came to my argument of the 789 and iconic episodes, Sponge, oh, SpongeBob hits, takes it. the cake with iconic episodes. And I can name a SpongeBob episodes, like, for sure. The episode with all the nematodes when they're going in and SpongeBob has to get the special spatula. The episode where Sandy is hibernating. The episode where Sandy uh, first comes to, comes to the shit when SpongeBob needs the water. The episode where... Uh, where uh oh shit, where Mr. Krabs and SpongeBob are singing to each other because uh SpongeBob's working for the the uh, Chum Bucket, uh the episode with Larry where they're on the beach where SpongeBob rips his fucking pants. Like I can name you some SpongeBob episodes, but like the series just didn't hit for like that's crazy that I can name so many and I don't have it on my list. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it's it it all depends just Super depends Bowl. for you. Yeah, the the Super Bowl one, the driver, the episode where he has a bully. When uh, it's the 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 homie with that like is flipped or whatever. He's like a fish that's like the camera shows him as like just his front, but when he turns to the side, he's long. And he and when he punches SpongeBob, the the punches go inside. It, it he absorbs them. Yeah, Spon- man. I mean, wait, do we do you even talk about like all the superhero stuff? Oh yeah, with uh, Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. Yeah, facts. And then the Squidward episodes. Squidward episodes, Mr. Krabs episodes. I mean, uh, the Alaskan like, bullworm. I can't even um, lie. Uh, ripped his pants. That's it's the best saying. song. And the reason why I know so much about this because my freaking little brother absolutely loves this show. Yeah, that's what I'm saying with Era too. Because like that's why it's at four. Because it for some most people that would be having these conversations with us, this would be like their. Nickelodeon show because it was like the one of their era and I feel like if you ask other people the one that I have at number three would probably be the one that a lot of people would say mm. um, see my thing is Spongebob transcends eras because it, it's still playing now new episodes so like it hits for multiple generations of people yeah it, I mean it really does and it yeah it was one of the longer spanning shows as well bro from 99 to now I mean, it's done now. I I think it stopped at 19. Uh, wait, hold on. No way. It's still... Hold on. Because when I was looking at the list of current programming... Yeah, SpongeBob's still going, bro. It's on 12. 12 seasons. Uh, well, dang. Well, I guess I'm I'm wrong there, but it, it's... I think we should, you know, move on to your number four. Because, I mean, we you know, you can keep going on to SpongeBob, but you didn't put it on your list, so... I did not. That's but just, like, that's I, just but on I'm, you. But I'm defending your pick because I, so I you gotta I, tell like, us what's better than SpongeBob. But see, and, and that's the thing, SpongeBob just didn't hit for me. At number four, I got Fairly Odd Parents, Icky Vicky. When you see Jorgen von Strangle, uh, Fairly Odd Parents. When you when like just that shit, the, the movies with the crossovers with Jimmy. The, like I didn't argue for this for Jimmy, but I argue for it for Timmy. I like the Timmy side of it 
more so than the Jimmy side of it. The Tooth Fairy episode when you find out Jorgen Von Strangle and the Tooth Fairy are freaking lovers are, are married. Uh, Dinkelberg and there's all the the wife memes that come from Fairly Odd Parents. Uh, freaking Chip Skylark. Uh, the the my uh gosh, my uh my my shiny teeth and me like yeah. That was why oh, I dressed as for Halloween. Like. Fairly Odd Parents has iconicism. It's iconic, bro. In the movies themselves, like when uh, one when of he goes into the TV. Yeah, or when uh, which I'm gonna call it. Oh, the TV one was great. But yeah, uh, the TV oh, one's when, awesome. Uh, when um, what's his name? I just said the teacher's name. Uh, oh, Mr. Crocker. Oh yeah, when Mr. Crocker uh, figures out fairies are real and he and he goes to Fairy Road and starts destroying it. That movie was great, and talk about a also, good. Also, with uh, the episode, I guess, where he goes into the computer. Yeah, such a good one. Like Fairly Odd Parents, talk about a great concept of kids who don't feel a pre- who just are missing out on things in life and are- aren't appreciated by family, or just having a rough time, or going down a wrong road. Get these god parents, and then it just it 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 was just mag it was magnificent for me. Where Jimmy Neutron may be people's favorites. Fairly Odd Parents is so high on the list for me because it just hit so well with Wanda, Cosmo, Timmy. I liked his friends, uh, Ch- uh, Chester and AJ. AJ yeah. yeah, and then uh, well, even when they expanded the friends and you got the to kid see with more, the boil. Yeah, you got to see the the group, and then like his bully was was a was a crazy was a crazy person. Vicky's sister being in love with him, him chasing after uh, was it Tam? Was her name Tammy? What was was was, was her name, the name the girl he was chasing after, and then the uh, blonde haired girl. Uh, well, her... the the Vicky's sister was Tootie, and then the girl that he was pining for was oh man. Was it not Tammy? It wasn't Tammy. <laughs> Am I tripping? <laughs> but Vicky's sister's name was Tootie. <laughs> what a name for someone. <laughs> what was this? I I don't even know her name, but it 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 doesn't even matter because it just it was just great. And then when the blonde-haired friend didn't Trixie. fuck with her, Tri- oh, her name was Trixie. Yeah. yeah, it was Trixie. And then Trixie, Trixie Tang. Tang. Yeah, Trixie Tang. And then Veronica ended up liking uh, Timmy, but she ended up being mean to him the whole time. And then Tad and Chad, the two homies who were the rich boys, like nah. The whole idea of anti fairies was a pretty great concept, bro. And then don't get me started on the super. You want to talk about superhero stuff? The Crimson Chin. Like, no, bro. This shit was amazing. Doug Dimmodome? Not in the super. Come on, bro. Come That's on, bro. That's made a comeback on social media. Come on, bro. And then Catman with Adam West being in there. And then Crash Nebula. Nah, bro. The Fairly Odd Parents had such great shit in it. Remember when they did the spinoff with the Crim- with Crimson Chin in Cincinnati? I, I, I watched that shit. I, I did not watch that. It was fire. <laughs> Shout out to the oh, Crimson man. Chin. That's crazy. That's uh, but oh, bro, I love this. Sh- and then the anti fairies. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, the whole concept of that is wild. And Pixies, Pixies Inc. Oh, yeah, Pixies. This this show was great, bro. I don't know how you don't have it higher. The bronze kneecap from the Crimson Chin. <laughs> oh, yo, brass knuckles. Nah, bro. <laughs> nah, bro. You clowning, bro? You had this at like seven or six. You wild. Yeah. You That's why I said, like, when I was looking back, I had to, I had to move it up. Like, but fairly odd parents, so good. Um, God, for, I love. For, at number three, I have Rugrats. Ah, that is a punt for me, but not too far of a punt. But we can talk be too about far. It. Yeah, no, no, no. It should no, be a number two. 
Yeah, that's, that's as far as it's yeah. going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, for rug beds, we can go ahead and talk about it. I don't know what your number three is. What's your number three? Hey, Arnold. My number two is Hey, Arnold. So, here we go. Ooh. Uh, For me, at three with Hey, Arnold, Hey, Arnold is such a great show for the the same things you said about Doug is why Doug is low for me because I felt Hey, Arnold did those things in a better way. Yes. What, what Hey Arnold did with Stoop Kid and just it was, it was more real. Yeah, and then seeing the, the the popular girl have parties, but she was really sad, and then seeing all the different lives of the people who lived inside of their building that their that his grandparents did. And Arnold had one of the coolest rooms in and probably in cartoon history. Everybody wanted Arnold's room. Uh, his friendship, like nah, bro. It, it was a show that was not afraid to talk about real life. Sadness. Gerald Arnold and Gerald, fire. Yeah. And like it really pushed the boundaries of like um, storytelling and teaching. Yep, and then, uh, like his it held his relationship with Helga, and then Phoebe, Phoebe being Her- Helga's friend, and then uh, his Jewish friend Harold. When they did the when they did the, about the Jewish episodes, or when Harold was fat, and like they did the fat shaming episode. Like they talked about so much real shit in this show. Yeah, the kid Eugene. Um, you know, there was Sid and Stinky. And yeah. everyone had their own story. No one was stinky. Wasn't stinky uh, Eugene? No, oh, Eugene was the guy who was clumsy. With the big like, nose? Yeah, and like the can opener looking haircut. Uh, uh, yeah. And true, stinky true. was the really tall guy. Uh, okay, 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 okay. So stinky was the really tall guy with the big nose. Yes. So I was thinking, okay, so the guy I was thinking of was, okay, yeah, yeah, you know, you're right. You're right. And then all just like the different tenets, like... The the oh in the boarding nah. house yeah, yeah no man this show was this show was great and then the Pataki family with Big Bob Pataki <laughs> well see well that's why I'm thinking like I'm, I don't understand why you don't have it at number two but I mean like it's apples and oranges with Harold and Rugrats because it's like I was saying with SpongeBob and I feel like it's the same with Fairly Odd Parents is that this era was the era that hit different for us Rugrats for me. This is where I use my movie argument. Rugrats the movie, where you meet Dill. Rugrats go to Paris. Rugrats family vacation when they go to Las Vegas. Rugrats and Wild Thornberry's crossover. Go wild. Whatever. I'm not, I'm not big on Wild Thornberry. But, but you get the drift. The Rugrats movie with Dill being born was great. The movie with, uh, when you find out about Chucky's family. And, and you talk about, talking about depth. Chucky had to deal with the fact as, as a baby, he have a mama, and then his dad goes to Paris, and he has to accept his new mama. That shit was litty. And then the, the idea of, it was before its time with Angelica's mom being like this high-powered, like, corporate worker, and she, her pushing Angelica to be a strong female. It just, nah, bro. Like, they did a lot of shit in this show that was very subtle behind the fact that it was just a bunch of little kids. But, nah, like, this show just hit for me. Reptar... Uh, just, just, oh, it just, it really hit. And then Stu being a failed inventor and his brother being like the one who's successful. And then Lil and Phil, like, love this show. See, and then my, Susie. My, uh, yeah, I mean, I love Rugrats too for all the same reasons. But my, my argument for placement is because I feel like Hey Arnold is like with Doug, I said earlier, is a show that could be placed in any point and is like timeless. Like, I just don't know, if, I don't know if people are watching Rugrats now. Mm, that's a good point. I'm not. I'm not gonna be mad at that one, cause I, I just think with kids, I think Rugrats could connect to today's kids. 
I really do. They had great concept because everybody remembers it being a baby, and and you're like, oh, these babies are communicating with babies. But the things they did were just so great. Tommy being the leader, Chucky, Phil and Lil, Angelica, Susie, and then when Kimmy comes along, I fell off when Dill came onto the show because I wasn't a big deal Dill fan. But and then when they did the all grown up episode, yo, I was in middle school and I had to stop and watch that shit because it was like. Oh, no, you're telling me the kids I grew up watching are grown up now, and they're, like, going to high school, which I'm about to go. I see what this shit's about. And great. It could have been better. All grown up, I think the TV show could have been better. I think the episode was great. I think the TV show could have been better. Yes. The episode was great. The TV show could have been better. It should have been more like As Told by Ginger. Should have been. It should have been. It it shouldn't have followed the same Rugrats uh, format. It should have been more so like Hey Arnold, like Doug, like As Told by Ginger. Where I got a little bit more real, but it never got real enough because I guess like they had already, which doesn't make any sense because they had already decided to touch some real concepts in like the movies. But I don't know. Maybe it was a different group. I, I don't know. I don't want to talk about all grown up. It's not on our list. Yeah, all grown up is not on our list at all, and it it, it has no place being on our list. But yeah, I think Hey Arnold, if if it's one that you didn't really grasp when you were younger, I think it's really worth going back and looking at. Oh, it's it's got some amazing episodes and some amazing storytelling. Hey, Arnold is freaking great, and I'm not mad at you putting it to Rugrats. Just holds a place in my heart because I had all the like, I had all the Rugrats season DVDs. Like they came in little orange cassettes. Yeah, I have one. I have the Rugrats Vacation where they go to Las Vegas. All I ever wanted. Yeah, exactly. Have to get away. That that was my shit, bro. I watched. Went to New York with my family, drove. I watched that shit probably 15 times, bro, on the way. Like, that Rugrats just has a special place in my heart. It really does. Yeah, man. But, it was, I mean, it was a solid show. We knew what number one was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, number that, one. Steven Debate. <laughs> it's one of the greatest television shows, period, ever made. Uh, and let me, let me go, let me, let me hit the anime-ness. It's one of the greatest animes. And, was, and it's an Amerime, huh? Amerime, it's the best Amerime. And of course we're talking about Avatar. Avatar the Last Airbender. And see, let me get into my Korra rant. Because the greatness of Avatar the Last Airbender is what detracts so many points away from Korra for me. That's why I couldn't put it on the list. I had to put it in our mention. I'm glad I mean, you didn't. Well, yeah, I mean, it would have been just because, like, some of the... I mean, it was really good for, like, spirit world shit, but then, like, it just ruined some of the stuff that was built up in the other one, and you didn't get to see anything for it, and, like, the whole point that Korra lives, Aang has to die is just absurd, so it's just, like... Hmm, like, see, it's hard, because how do you follow up, like we said, the great one of the greatest cartoons ever, one of the greatest animes ever, one of the greatest TV shows, period, ever. Like, the fact is, they went on for, let me see how many seasons. You, you start that show with Aang coming out, the, coming out of the ice, and you end that show with his deal of defeating the Fire Lord. But the entire time you there see There's like Aang, four chapters, right? Yeah, it was four, uh, fire, uh, no, it was three. Er, okay. Water, earth, fire. And yeah. you see Aang's, because the whole time they're like, you gotta kill him, you gotta kill him. And you see Aang being like, yeah, I can, whatever, I can deal with it. And then over time, you see that his airbending things that he learned really carried through. And yes, some things that he learned throughout the water tribe and the earth tribe, he molds to himself. But it's still this. He's still a pacifist at the end of the day. And he and when you get to the end, 
when it's like, all right, now the pressure's on. You got to kill him or, or it's over for everybody. Aang stays true to himself and figures out a way and takes away the Fire Lord's bending. When that, when that finale happened, I was like, this show's amazing. All the time I spent watching it from 2005 and it ends in 2008, it was worth it. Well, yeah, and, it, and at first it really kind of felt like, you know... Um, they were never going to beat him. No, yeah, I mean, and he never really felt like the, the show was going to get as serious as it did. Because yeah. it was such a, a light tone at the beginning. And you were like, oh, this kid is going to have to beat, like, this warlord? Like, but I think this it's is serious not... in the end of the first season at the, when the, uh, when the water, uh, with the Water Tribe War. Well, yeah, that was when you really understood that there was more behind this show than what, what met the eye, because that's where you got more of the spirit realm, and you kind of got an idea that this show was be, was a little bit more than just the story of Aang. Um, and, I mean, like, it it built its own world incredibly. I mean... And for, and for it to come in the second season and be like, we got to add someone to this gang after you've loved the gang, and for someone like Toph to come in as an earthbender teacher and someone to join the clique and for you to love Toph as much as you do uh, uh um Katara in uh oh how am I forgetting the brother's name uh Sokka Sokka it, it just shows the great writing and then for it to come in the third season and say you know the villain that's been chasing you this whole time who's been having issues with himself yeah he's going to join the gang too and it just feels so natural well it feels natural because of his story uh development yeah, and one of the best characters in in cartoons and in fiction, Uncle Iroh, man. Seeing the teachings of Uncle Iroh to Zuko and seeing Zuko's decision where he's trying to choose between his what he thinks is his family and what he thinks is his path versus with his uncle's teaching, what he's seeing in the world with his own eyes, what he's seeing how, how his father's affecting him. And when it gets to the point to where he turns in his uncle, he goes back to the fire world and he sees that Nah, bro, everything my uncle was telling me is true. I got to find my own way. And just, it just, it it was beautiful storytelling. I mean, the in a lot of ways, I felt like Avatar The Last Airbender was a cartoon, anime, Game of Thrones before Game of Thrones. 100 And maybe didn't have, like, enough, uh, uh, as many storylines that you saw. But, like, the storyline, you have a storyline with Aang and his journey and then you know you meet some characters along the way and then the development of Zuko and the Fire Nation you kind of had an idea of what was going on in these different nations and they kind of made you feel like that in the beginning and then when with, you like see, the map yeah and then like you go through all these different lands you season one ends with like like we said it shows you the spirit world you see Avatar form you see the Southern Water Tribe and then like Soka dealing with his first uh his first uh loss of as a as a soccer dealing with his first loss of a love with the, the lady who becomes the moon spirit. And then in season two, you go to Ba Sing Se, and, like, you have all the shit in the Earth Kingdom that transpires. You lose Appa for half a season, too. And, boy, when Appa left the gang, I was so hurt for Aang. Oh, like, yeah, Aang was I mean, hurt. It was like, at the end of season two, they took a big loss. Big, big loss. Which was needed. Yeah. Because they, they were winning up until that point. And, like, that loss only makes the, the win of season three so much better and like for example Sokka this whole time is feeling inferior because he's around all these benders he's feeling like he can't help he's not accepting the fact that he's a great strategist season three he goes and feels that oh if I'm I become the swordsman I'll be great he meets this swords teacher and it's like nah bro Sokka you've always been great like that was like when he got that black sword I was like oh let's go yeah I mean that show was wild it was just way beyond 
what anyone expected it to be at first. And then you remember when they go into like the library of the world? That episode was crazy. That's when Appa gets taken when they're in the desert. Yeah. I mean, like, I just remember so, like, I remember so, so much good stuff. Yeah. Talk about that's like, what needs to be on Netflix right now. Facts. Avatar the Last Airbender or like has to be number one. Like, I'm, I, people can argue SpongeBob, but I argue storytelling. <laughs> just the, the thought of that conversation is like, yeah, what was the best Nickelodeon show? Oh, yeah, definitely Avatar. No, I don't think Avatar is the best show. I think SpongeBob SquarePants. That's a show yeah. on Nickelodeon. I'd be, like, I'd be like, all right, what? This conversation's over, bro. It's over. Like you, you are. You can believe that because nothing I'm gonna say will convince you. <laughs> like if you're, if you're, like, what are you watching? Like to see Ang come out of that ice ball and then to see him succeed at his goal after so much loss, so much heartbreak, and then to see him get his girl at the end, it was like, yes. <laughs> you want comedy? Look no further than Momo. Yeah, talk about and uh, Momo and Appa. Momo and Zuko and Appa. brought some. I mean, not Zuko. Uh, Soka brought some comic relief at some points, but then, like when he met when he met his Bay, who was like some of those assassins from that tribe that wore the yeah. uh, that wore the, uh, the green face paint. Yeah, and she was one of the previous avatars. That shit was dope. And then when you learn about some of the other avatars, that was great world building as well. That's why I'm so upset at the sequel because they could have went. They didn't have to go forward. They could have told us the story of the of the great Kyoshiro warrior that that lady. I think that's I think that's. I would have rather them done that, or I still think that they could have. That was what they wanted. If they if someone wanted to tap back into that world, that's what I think they should do. Or a water bit, because like because like they had Earth Kingdom issues, they had Water Tribe issues. Like you could have given us so many different avenues than going forward, because you know that if you go forward, what's the one thing we want to see if you're going forward? We want to see how Zuko, Aang, and all of them are doing. Like, Zuko's mom was still alive at the end of that. Like, that's yeah. something that people wanted to know. How did, Aang and, how did Aang and Zuko coexist? Like, there were stories there. And it's just like, I understand making a sequel because the IP is so big. But if you're going to do it, let's go back to the past, baby. Tell me, tell me about the other avatars. Or, or like you know, playing more parallels to Game of Thrones, tell similar stories to, like, you know, how... Aang, you know, got into the bo- the ice ball, the lead up, um, mm-hmm. the Avatar before Aang. Oh, with uh oh the uh, the fire one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sozin's homie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for, I, I can't believe I I don't know the uh Avatar's name, but it yeah. starts with R. Yeah, it's it's like Roku. It's not it's not Roku. It's not Roku, know. but it's something like that. Something similar. It could be Roku actually. Oh yeah, it's the Kyoshi Warriors. That's the that's the uh That's the warrior name, yeah. Yeah, that's the war yeah, exactly. Okay. Best character in that show is Boomy. Oh, that was your man? Wasn't that the swamp uh the swamp homies? No, he was the king of uh was it Bossing Say or one of the other Earth Earth oh, it wasn't Bossing Say, but it was the other Earth Kingdom. Aang's homie from when he was young and then when he yeah. gets there old. But he yeah. joins like the old man guild when the war starts. Yeah, the old man guild, like Iroh and his homies. That was fire too. There's so much fire stuff. I want to watch that again now. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to watch that again. That show was great. And I'm, I'm excited for the live action with the creators actually doing it with Netflix. Yeah, same. Uh, I, I think that they could actually do it right this time. I hope they do. Yeah, be crazy. So get, a, get a redemption because, Jesus, let's not ever talk about the M. Night Shyamalan film. No, ever. no, 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 ever, no, no. Ever. Like, that, that film is almost as bad. Even if though it's not, Nickelodeon films. Ba-bum. That film is almost as bad, if not worse. Than Dragon Ball Evolution. I don't know which one's worse. 
They're both just Dragon Ball horrible. Evolution. Dragon Ball Evolution is really bad. Like it is really bad. But that Avatar movie was really bad too. At least Avatar understood what they were going for. With Dragon Ball Evolution, I did not understand where the heck that movie was. They were just doing their own thing, bro. They were just really it was weird. weird. Yeah, but all right, best Nickelodeon cartoons. Schubert, say your list from ten to one again, or from one to ten. Number ten, Wild Thornberries. Number nine, Rocket Power. Number eight, Danny Phantom. Number seven, I'm gonna go ahead and change it, Jimmy Neutron. Number six, Fairly Odd Parents. Number five is Doug. Number four is SpongeBob. Number three is Rugrats. Number two is Hey Arnold. And number one is Avatar: The Last Airbender. All right, for me, I got number 10, Rocco's Modern Life. Number nine, Chalk Zone. Number eight, Jimmy Neutron. Number seven, Doug. Number six, Rocket Power. Number five, Danny Phantom. Number four, The Fairly Odd Parents. Number three, Hey Arnold. Number two, Rugrats. And number one, Avatar, The Last Airbender. Solid list, um, brother. I like yeah. both our lists. I'm at it. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what we're going to do for next week. We may need to either do the Disney path or jump off the the animated path. No, we're doing Disney cartoons, bro. All right. Yeah, that's the last one. We got to finish up and then jump into something else. All right. We'll probably do movies after this because it's like, you know, let's get into Well, I'm movies. watching more movies right now. You are. Yes, I you am. are. I'm trying to catch up. So I'm excited but, for the yeah. Disney cartoons, but I, I feel like the the Disney... TV cartoons, I gotta include some uh some Toon Disney shit. Yeah, exactly. Like, for example, bro, Darkwing Duck has to be on the list. Like Gargoyle. I don't know if it'll be on my list because I don't know enough episodes. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, are you gonna put like Lilo Stitch the series? Or like, you know. I mean, I, do do not sleep on that series though, honestly. I'm not, I, mean, I'm not. I don't know I'm if it's not. a top I don't know if it's top five, but I mean like I'm just, I'm just that's listening. A solid off of the, series. Some of the ones that could be on there: American Dragon, Jake. Long. I think the series is better than the movie. Oh, I might not disagree with that, but we'll talk about that next week. Phineas and Ferb, some new age shit. That show was great. Impossible. Impossible. Pepper Ann, The Weekenders, Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, the Hercules yeah. TV series. Like Disney got some hitters. Timon and Pumbaa. Recess. Recess. Damn. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We got we got some we got some thinking to do because film yo Fillmore is making my list. I don't care what nobody says. Yeah, Fillmore, <laughs> Fillmore's up there. Fillmore could be a, a hit show right now. <laughs> Fillmore would hit kill right now. Yeah. Honestly, I think some of these Disney tune di- these tune Disney shows would hit super hard right now. I, I think they they just got pushed into the wrong spot. Like for some reason, like it's- Disney was like, oh yeah, we'll put this on Toon Disney. Because, like, we can't deny that you did a good job, but we're not going to put it on our actual channel. Yeah, like, that was, like, the three that got the most shit, which should have been better, and been on main Disney instead of some of these, like, some of these movie animated series. Uh, Buzz, uh, well, Buzz Lightyear Star Command went to Disney for a little bit, but it started on Tuesday Disney. That was great. But The Weekenders, Pepper Ann, and Fillmore. But we'll talk more about that next week. That's what I'm excited for. But, Shuby, that's all I got this week, brother. All right. Well, I hope we've given you guys some good quarantine content, some good things to think about, some some ideas for what you might want to watch going into it. Uh, real quick, Lyndon, on my radio show, I did what sports movie would you watch during the quarantine? Do you have a sports movie that you would, that you've seen sure. out on the Netflix and all that that you'd like to tune into? 
shit. I, I gave you a sports TV show I was watching, a sports drama, but a sports movie that I would want to watch. Um, I kind of, I'm probably gonna rent the uh the way back if I'm being honest. Like, I'm probably gonna rent that this week. I'm but probably gonna not, do that soon. If we're not gonna count the way back, a sports movie that I can that I really want to watch. Um, every given Sunday, Al Pacino, oh, Jamie yeah. Fox, LL Cool J. That's probably the one I'd watch. Or I watched Dodgeball today. Ooh, that's a good. If I want to go down the comic route, that's a good one. If I want to go down like just movie movie route, I'm a sucker for for Rocky one, two, three, and four. That's good, yeah. I'm a sucker for those movies, man. I love those fucking movies. But yeah, man, I watched Dodgeball today, and one, it could not have come out in 2020. Probably not. Probably, <laughs> it's it's uh, great. Dude. But a lot of it, a lot of the jokes and mentions and stuff like that, I guess I didn't catch in previous times, but I was <laughs> laughing out loud super hard. I was like, I just little subtle things that you don't really like pay attention to the first if few we times ever, you watch we it. we ever did top 10 Vince Vaughn movies, that's up there. Like, that's one of Vince Vaughn's best. I don't even think so, honestly. Like, I don't think that Vince Vaughn himself made that, made he that did. movie. It was Ben Stiller. It was Ben Stiller and the cast. Uh, the cat, the cast, the full cast. Yeah, because like Peter the Four as a character people. was not. He was a boring person. Like that was his character. He was just like, blah. I'm Peter the Fleur. I'm average I Joe, think. but that's the thing. Yeah. You just have, but then that it, that movie burst. Talk about pop culture burst, like ESPN the Ocho. ESPN the Ocho, like God everyone, of Cotton. Uh, yeah, the Cotton stuff. Um, Jason, that's where I first saw met Jason Bateman. Yeah, it's the first time you see Jason Bateman. Uh, fuck you, Chuck Norris. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Balmy Blazer. That's where that originates yes. from. Yo, so many great sayings. Oh, if you can dodge a ball, you can dodge a wrench. Yeah. Dive, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. So, man, that movie's great. Shout out to shout out to you for bringing that up. But, uh, ladies and gents, you can find me at LimbyWT. Follow the Bros Who Think at Bros Who Think. Like I said at the beginning of the show, be sure to check out this week's anime talk because it's huge with uh, special guest Richard Epcar. Shout out again to Mr. Epcar, voice of the Joker, voice of Commissioner Gordon, voice of jo- uh, Joseph Joestar, voice of Batu from Ghost in the Shell, voice of Jigen from Lupin the Third. Super, super great co- conversation. Now, I'm going to say it here to entice people who are listening to this to listen to that. If you know Lupin the Third, it was created by a legendary writer, mangaka, uh, Monkey Punch. And Monkey Punch passed away, I believe, in 2019, if not in 2018, but I believe it was in 2019. And we got a super dope story from Mr. Epcar that he hadn't told anywhere about his encounter with Monkey Punch and just the conversation they had and how they felt about just certain things in, in uh uh, cinema and fiction super that that like if you're a fan of Lupin the third and you're a fan of monkey punches works just that's that uh sound bite alone and that story is great and worth your time in listening to the episode but other than that bros you think podcast will be out thursday with special guest uh swagger super producer from baton rouge he just dropped a new album swagger for president but yeah other than that that's all we got this week all right well definitely check out all the stuff going out with with the network, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ashubert 14 And everyone out there, stay safe, stay in your homes, watch movies, watch TV shows, listen go through it all, listen to podcasts, you know, watch YouTube content, all of that. Um, so everyone have have a great week and stay and keep binging. Stopping me, I always heard that you're
Jimmy and she, we be moving them keys We have the cues and we have the peace We can make it here whenever we please I got Libby and Cindy on their knees I run with that money, they call